Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Psyche and I have Nero on the show today who's a world-renowned creativity expert. We're going to be talking about this in a lot more detail. He's taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve their profits, increase their sales, improve customer service and overall just generally create more meaning in their work. And he spent the last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity and that culminated in the creator mindset which is his book that has now been translated into two languages. He was also one of the youngest professors ever to get selected to teach graduate courses at the Art Centre College of Design in Pasadena. Um, and he's also just worked with numerous well-known people from famous actors and musicians, ranging from Rod Stewart to Woody Harrelson. And his creativity has also won him a Clio Award, and he was also nominated for an Emmy. Hey, Nir, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Very excited. Thank you for having me. Thanks for jumping on. So I want to know what exactly a creativity expert does, because I've never had anyone on with, with that expertise before. Yeah, definitely. So, I, you know, I'm not like crazy about the term expert, because for me, creativity is all about questioning everything, right? So if somebody calls themselves an expert, I, I ask people the question, why someone is, is an expert. But yeah, that's kind of what I do. Um, I guess it's the best title for now. I work <laughs> with companies and individuals on a career path or companies that are trying to expand into a particular type of market or grow in some way. I work with them on how to embed creativity into the organization, a business type of creativity in order for them to grow. Okay. Okay. So I know that you've done work with a, a lot of big organizations that we're all familiar with, like um, Microsoft, for example. Um, did you have a moment where you realized there was, there was a need for, for someone like yourself to step in and, and, you know, teach, teach what you know and how to embed creativity into businesses? Yeah, for sure. So what, what I've, you know, generally noticed is that um, there's two types of modalities of thinking that we have in our, in our brain, right? Half of our brain is dedicated towards analytics. The other half is dedicated towards creativity. And what I find over and over again in, in businesses across the world, and even in, in people in, in a career path, I find that they have gotten stuck at some level because the analytics aren't able to get you to where you're trying to go. And they have tried and hired consultants that, you know, efficiency experts, and we're going to look at the numbers and all that stuff. But at a certain point that stops to work and you need a different way and a different approach. And so the businesses that have hired me and the people that have, have, bought me on to help them with their careers have been people who have tried other things and noticed that they're, they've kind of flatlined. And what I advocate for is teaching your brain how to work as a better unit. Nothing that I talk about costs anything. It's like zero. It's not like you have to buy a new piece of machinery or even, you know, uh, invest a lot of money in this or that. It's really about shifting your perspective and using the tools that we were all born with in order to become more creative. Mm. 
But a lot of the times, I, I'm, I'm sure, like, I know I can say that that's much harder, right? Sometimes when you can buy something and you just, um, you know, you have the answer and it's immediate, like, especially since we want just instant gratification, this is something you actually have to work at and practice, <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what do you think the key factors are in determ determining, you know, the extent to which someone is creative or has the ability to, to tap into that creativity? Yeah. So I feel that everybody was born creative and I published the book called the creator mindset. It's available around the world. And basically in one of the early chapters, I talk about the world's first creative person, right? It was our ancestor, Harriet, 60, 70,000 years ago. And she was in a cave and she's being attacked, you know, by a beast that was far stronger and more powerful. And like, you know, the, the claws were like the size of, you know, so we have a situation where creativity came into play because it was needed for us to survive. And Harriet was the first person on earth to take, you know, like a berry picker, which is like a sharp kind of thing that she never saw as anything but a berry picker, right? And she took a stick that was never anything but, you know, kind of a hiking stick. And she put the, the sharp object on the stick and was able to get rid of the beast, right? It was attacking her. And she was the first person on earth to have a creative idea. And that creative idea led to the very fabric of our survival. She went into the village, shared it with her friends and family, and everybody started to go, oh, wow, you know, if I'm creative, I can live longer. Um, this is the day and age where people live to like 20. You know, I mean, the, you know, like if you were 20, you were a great, great grandma or whatever. And so, you know, what ended up happening was, Today, creativity is embedded in who we are, right? It, it's our innate ability to solve problems in a way that is as unique as who we are. And what we've done over the years is traded that for the analytics because we love numbers, right? As much as we love creativity, we kind of love numbers more. Why? Because it makes us feel serious and like educated and grown up or whatever. And it's funny because a lot of the work that I do are, is with, you know, CFO organizations and finance people, because if anybody knows that the numbers don't show everything, it's those people. And, you know, it's counterintuitive. But anyway, we've traded a sense of wonder and a sense of creativity because we like to quantify things. Oh, you know, that's three meters long and this is four inches and that P&L sheet showed me that I made, you know, 4% of profit for my revenue. Okay, well, you are missing so many things in that uh, perspective and you're missing a sense of creativity. What was the relationship like? What is the underlining vibe? What does the market think? All of these soft skills, right? Empathy and courage, all of these soft things that people are like, oh, near, that's not serious, you know? Look at the, I have the numbers. It's like, who cares about the numbers if you don't okay. combine them with a creative mindset, with a creator mindset, then you're always sort of wondering why you can't get to the next level, why, you know, things aren't really making sense. And so I've filled the marketplace with, with a niche. That niche is creativity in terms of looking at your business and your product and service or your career 
and embedding it with all of these soft skills that uh, are, I think are as important, maybe even more important than the analytics. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, there's something interesting you said when I was when I was checking out a lot of your speeches and the things that you've done, and you said that creativity is is too important to be left to the creative. Um, I found that interesting because when I think of creatives, and I think for a lot of people, they just immediately think of the arts and more. And I know that you've spoken about that. You're not you're not really talking about the the actors and the painters, and that's not the kind of creativity that you're you're speaking of. Um, so how, how if, if you could give some uh, ways of tapping into what you are specifically talking about in the sense that I have a business or a startup or, you know, I'm doing something where, uh, you know, usually I would be looking at numbers as a measure of my success, but something's clearly missing. I need that dose of creativity into what I'm doing. What is that first step that you would recommend anyone take? So, you know, the first step I think that I would recommend for people who are listening right now and are like, okay, cool, I'm in, what do I do, right? And that's really what I'm all about. I'm all about the doing part, the how. Too many people write and speak about the why. The why won't put money into the bank, it just won't. The how does it, the every day, one foot in front of the other. Um, one thing I would recommend that people do today, right now, is to start to listen better. The, amazing ability of creativity to take hold when you're listening is incredibly powerful. You know, I've run companies before my own. I've run other people's companies. I've ran an advertising agency when I had a, you know, quarter billion dollar in billings, right? And I literally, I'm embarrassed, but I literally used to go to meetings and I used to wait for everyone to talk and I paid no attention. I was on my phone the whole time. And then when they were done, I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And that was it. I didn't listen. And what ended up happening was I was missing out on creative ideas. I was missing out on opportunities. I was missing out on what the market was saying. I was missing out on, you know, what the social was even saying. And I was so self-absorbed in my own thing. I was like, oh, I'm an expert. Remember, that's why I kind of don't like that word. But, right. you know, I thought it was so cool. But I, I wasn't. And what you need to do to become more creative right now is start to listen more. We're so good at talking and we're so good at waiting to talk and we're so bad at empathy and we're so bad at like understanding what somebody's going through and really listening to what they're saying that uh, we leave all of this revenue and profit on the table. Uh, I wish I would have listened more. So the, the advice that I have, if people want to start to get in that creative mindset is to start to listen more and talk less. Wow. Now, I know that, that there are 92 tools in the book to use. Are they tools? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Got the book up. Um, the tools, are they independent of each other or are they tools which work together? If someone's like, you know, I, I'm not looking for an entire kind of, uh, what's the right word, a syllabus in order to, you know, make a change. But I'm looking for a couple of things. I'm not sure what they are. Um, so I'm just curious, how did that work? Definitely. So the book came out in August, right? And I'm already getting really great feedback on it, which I love. So if your listeners are looking for a book, uh, please pick it up and please give me feedback because I love it. I love hearing back. 
a lot of people are not reading it in order. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> people are like flipping to like, oh, I'm going to read this section. It's about sustaining your creative mindset, the disease of self-doubt. And okay, how do I get rid of my self-doubt? There's eight pages on it. That's it. And people are literally reading sections of it and being like, cool, I'm going to go try it. This is a, a methodology of doing. It's not like a theoretical thing. I'm not a professor. I don't work, you know, Mondays and Fridays and I have an office hour. Like not it, dude, I'm out there working every day. I have my own business. I have, you know, employees and, you know, bills to pay and healthcare to cover and all of this stuff. I'm not, you know, some lofty academic or whatnot. I have created tools that people can use. Now, I want people to read the whole thing, but, you know, more often than not, yeah, people are using it in parts. They're grabbing a part that they need particular help with. Um, oh, crap, I'm trying to launch an SD, and I'm like super doubtful that anybody will buy my stuff, right? Boom, it's the self-doubt chapter. Oh, you know, um, we're doing really well in my manufacturing business, um, but I feel like we're all getting comfortable. Boom, read the chapter about complacency. So it's kind of a menu, like where you go, my problem is, and you just scroll down, ah, cool. And you open the book and you get five or six, seven pages, like boom, boom, boom of practical things that you can use to solve those problems. Wow. Well, that, that definitely makes life easier, doesn't it? <laughs> right, right. Um, I thought I was going to be like an author, you know, like, <laughs> like with a cigar and like a fireplace and, right. you know, writing words. And people are like, yeah, no, dude, like, just give us the good stuff. Like, where is, you yeah. know, everybody's so busy today and sure. everything is moving so fast that people need a, uh, um, a book where they can just open it and get information and try it right away. So, that's yeah. how we set it up. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I was really curious because something I was thinking about when I was when I was looking at your stuff and listening to this idea of creativity and how to embed it into our work. I was thinking, is do you feel that the same kind of principles would apply to every area of our lives? Because when we look at you know, be it relationship, and because this this series is psyche, it's it's all about the mindset. I'm curious as to whether we can use the same principles and apply them into, into all areas of our lives. Yes, so I'm getting that feedback too. People are saying, hey, Nir, you know, this is not just helpful for work, but I tried this with my husband and, you know, this is what happened. I tried it with my girlfriend and, you know, we ended up having a bit more communication. I love the, that kind of stuff. It really is about shifting your mindset to operating your brain in a more balanced way. Now, I'm not saying like go totally analytics and I'm not even saying go totally creative. I mean, you and I both have that friend who still lives you know, in their basement with mom and dad, they have really great ideas, but like they can't get their shit together. Right. And then you and I both have that friend who's like, you know, the banker or that, you know, Oh, you know, super <laughs> conservative. Oh, I got to stay within the lines of the numbers and the, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, they're also needing to get to the next level. And so I advocate for everybody coming to the middle mm. balance. Balance, right, right. Easier said than done, but <laughs> everything totally. takes practice. Um, you, another thing you talk about is is gut instinct and creativity stemming from that gut instinct. And, you know, people call it intuition or inner voice or whatever they call it. Um, obviously, that's a great pivot point, but I feel like that's also a skill which needs to be harnessed because 
we are surrounded by distraction and I feel like that can take us away from actually in uh, like listening to our instincts actually everyone has an opinion and there's distractions and we often go for what's the easiest thing to do or the quickest or convenient so do you personally have any daily practice which helps you harness the skill of intuition and also just just to be able to listen to, to that guided voice. Right. Yes, absolutely. I recommend that people write stuff down all the time. And that will help deal with self-doubt because we have created a force that is more powerful than any army or any, you know, war thing on earth. And that is the power of our mind to shut us down when we have a bit of a good idea or a bit of some impetus of something we want to do or try or or be or whatever and so um when we write stuff down we lose that instinct to make it so precious and wonderful and like we want to pet our little ideas and give them kisses and like oh what if someone steals this idea you know that kind of stuff um but when we are in a habit of writing stuff down no matter what it is we get a less precious idea of this idea or that or this or that we start to get a rhythm that allows us to flow into a uh, understanding of our gut and our instinct and our innate creativity it allows us to you know to write stuff down and then look at it a little while longer it maybe wait a day i recommend that you wait some time in the book before you start to analyze and use the analytics but once you look at it you know uh in a few days you'll have some options you'll this might make sense most of it is crap and doesn't make sense but these three things ah that's what i was thinking and you know this is how i'm going to reposition my etsy site this is how i'm going to reposition you know my medical manufacturing you know uh service or product or whatnot and when we write stuff down we are able not to get precious about it so i recommend that your listeners start writing stuff down it doesn't have to be great i write on the back of you know uh, uh letters that i get in the mail on on bills and stuff i write on you know post-its uh Mm. You know, I, I have stuff written down everywhere all yeah. the time. And <laughs> that makes me feel like, okay, cool. I'm starting to get it organized. Most of it's crap. Some of it's brilliant. Some of it is like amazing. Some of it is just like stream of consciousness or whatever. But when you write stuff down, you enable creativity to take hold because yeah. you get in a rhythm of doing. And yeah. doing is far more important than thinking about it or, you know, determining the why of it. You have to do. When you do, you start to become. So that's what I like to tell listeners to do. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think I just posted something today on, on, on the Unplug account just saying that one thing I've taken from all of my guests so far that I've interviewed is the fact that they just do. You know, they just encourage you to do. Don't overthink it. Just, just do it. Yep. I'm curious, with all your experience working with, you know, all the companies that you've worked and, and, and you've helped in terms of this, you know, them missing this creativity that they're tapping into. Do you feel obviously creativity is not just the be all and end all? And I know you said finding balance is important, but is there a certain, um, I suppose, do you feel that companies or businesses or individuals who lack that creativity, are they only able to have a certain reach? Do you feel like it, the creative aspect is what determines further success? Does everyone get 
stuck at a point where creativity is definitely needed to, you know, to give them that extra push to, you know, to success. Yes, absolutely. So I feel that creativity is not being taught anywhere. There's no school that you can go to to learn practical creativity to solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, but there are every school out there, every business school, you know, program teaches you the analytics. And we've bulked up so much on the analytics that we've let the, the creativity kind of shrivel. We need them both. There's no doubt. But the analytics are more comfortable. Why? Because I can give you a test. I could say, okay, you know, here are the five numbers that, you know, you have to memorize. This is what a P&L sheet looks like. And, you know, we need to stay, you know, four and a half percent profitable out of all of our uh, revenue. Right. I can give you a test. I can sit down and say, okay, you know, if we made a million dollars and, you know, we paid out $950,000, what is our profit? And you can, you can do the calculation. Tell me near it's three, whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, correct. You know, and, and so on and so forth. But how am I going to test the fact that you're empathetic? How am I going to do that? Mm. How am I going to test the fact that you are really close with a client and that relationship over the next five years is going to generate another $15 million of revenue. How, right. how am I going to test that your product that you're putting out is really amazing and people are really going to gravitate toward it? I'm not, I don't have the ability to test that. So we tend to stay with things that we can verify. We love, Oh, right. You know, I tested it. It's verified. Like, mm -hmm. okay, what does the verification really mean? And those are right. some of the questions that I ask. So yes, I feel like, you know, it, it really is lacking. And I've seen amazing things when people just start to turn up the volume on the creative side, even a little bit, because we're so good at analytics. We're like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm going to use this because it's creative. And all of a sudden people like start to fly when they use like two things out of the book, just two things. They're yeah. like starting to do better because they never thought to use those things in order to do better. So yes, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, um, a balance would really help. But even if you implement just a couple of these things, I think it's incredibly helpful. Is there is there one tool which which specifically is something which really doesn't come natural to you and you were still working on constantly? I know you mentioned the writing; it seems to come naturally. But is there something where you're just like it really is practice? Yeah, I so for me personally, I have violated every single tool in this book <laughs> over a career. I did not listen. I wasn't empathetic. I could care less what people thought. I mean, I was horrible. And, you know, I made a lot of money, but then I got stuck, right? I, it happens. And I didn't get to where I was going both as a human being and as a person in business, I just was like stuck on all kinds of level. And so I was a consumer of this type of product. I looked on the market and every book or whatever was about creativity was just about the why. And so I started to really look at how I've been running things and determine where I've gotten it wrong. I think the thing that personally for me that I ignored that your listeners can do or pay attention to right now and like, boom, get a lot of value out of is a little victory. We are so busy plotting like where we're going to be in a year, three years, five years. We make business plans, whatever that is. Anybody <laughs> who's making a business plan today is like, dude, you're already a dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> so 
you know, we, we do these things and we arrange our lives in such a way that, oh, I'm going to get to that level. It's going to take me three years near, uh, I did a, a keynote, God, where was it? Um, where we talked about right before COVID, we talked okay. about, you know, it was a, like a, a manager, middle manager, a real estate group, and they were really excited and somebody told me afterward near, you know, Jennifer had this job. Um, she got it by doing three years of this. She did one thing here, blah, blah, blah. And she got a promotion. I'm like, what's your plan? They're like to do exactly what Jennifer did. I'm right. like, How is, what are you talking about? Like, right. you know, why would you do that? Like, maybe it would work. Maybe it won't. You have to get creative in that path. Maybe it means going to another company and coming back. Maybe it means, you know, doing something that Jennifer would have never thought of. You know, why, why would you wait for Jennifer to, you know, die in that job or to retire so that you can grab it? It's it just the, the economy and the market has completely changed yeah. and it is completely uh, evolving. So the little victories are really all about looking at your path and then seeing where those breadcrumbs are that might take you in a slightly different direction. And once you start to recognize that those breadcrumbs might take you in a different direction, you go with that direction. Instead of, I'm sticking to my three-year, you kind of let that guide you. So right. uh, I, I highly recommend that your listeners in their careers or in their businesses start to realize, hey, what is what am I doing every day that's like second nature? It's like what I look forward to. It's so much fun. It's easy. It's simple, blah, blah, blah. That's what you need to be doing more of and less mm -hmm. of like plotting to your three or your five-year plan. Yeah. Wow. Sort of staying detached to that fixated outcome. Yeah, I can definitely relate. That's great advice. Well, it's been fantastic having you on and hearing a little bit more about what you do and the book. Uh, so if the listeners want to grab hold of the book, where do they need to go? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. It's on um, Barnes & Noble. It's available all over the world. It's called The Creator Mindset, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere books are sold. Um, I can't wait to hear what your listeners think. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. We're continuing this series next week. Until then, stay tuned with everything Unplug on the IG and Facebook page, Unplug with Annie, and also the website, www.unplugwithannie.com. If you'd like to sign up to the newsletters, you can do so on the website and you will receive special newsletters every week, way before Sunday's release. So you get to know ahead of time who Sunday's guest is, a little more in-depth detail about the guest um, and lots more, of course. So stay tuned till next week.